Yes, indeed, and thanks to the help we get, you get, from ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. We'll uh, keep it running. Good morning to you, Dan Burns. Good morning, Denny Long. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, uh, and I hope you are too. You and your crews, I would imagine, here we are in the midst of winter and more snow, and uh, you you guys got to keep, the, keep the, that snow off the cars as you move them around, right? <laughs> you know, there is a lot to do, and... Uh, in our business, snow just makes it more difficult because yeah. that's exactly right. Then as you move every car around, you have to brush it off and you know get it ready to bring it inside. And then when you bring it back outside, you got to clean it off before the customer comes to pick it up. So, uh, yeah, it just makes for a lot more work for yeah, us. Yeah, as so. before and after uh, the, prep, the prep work. Uh, if uh, you're new to the show, thanks for joining us. Dan has helped us out, helped our CCO listeners out for many years, plus 26-plus uh, years, we're, we figure. Uh, here on CCO Radio. If you have any kind of a car care question you think you need to bring in your vehicle to your favorite shop or your favorite dealer for service, uh, call Dan or send Dan a text. It's the same number. Uh, and keep in mind, Dan will be here for just about another 30 minutes or so, so don't wait. Let's let's hear from you right away if you can. 651-461-9226. Again, call or text 651 461 9226. I was thinking too, and I mentioned it earlier this morning, Dan, and we talk about this every year at this time, uh, avoiding any collision or just turning a, a corner or whatever we sometimes, uh, you know, have uh, hit a curb. What exactly can that do to our tires or steering mechanism? I had that call just yesterday. Oh, you where did? They, yeah, where they, uh, and we're going around a corner, and they slid up into the curb and, and felt a significant something. And then when they uh, got back in the car and got off the snowbank, <clears throat> driving down the road, they noticed that the steering wheel was not straight anymore. And that's a telltale sign that something happened upon impact, and, uh, you know, it's going to need some attention. And that is what you would look for. If you did happen to bump into a curb or run up on a snowbank, is a couple of things: is my steering wheel no longer straight, or it, as I'm driving down the highway, do I now feel a little shake or something different, something going on in the front or rear wheels? And if you do, then uh, yeah, something happened, something got damaged, and. Uh, you know, who knows where that is or what it is. That's what would, you know, require a professional uh, examination. But uh, some, certainly something happened in the process and uh, would need some attention. When uh, we look at our steering wheel, and if it is off uh, from center, how, how is that straightened out? What, what do you or your technicians have to do? What physically needs to be done to straighten that out again? Yeah, well, if you if you made a big enough impact to make your steering wheel no no longer straight. It's probably not going to get repaired with a front-end alignment. Mm. It's probably some damage has occurred, something got bent, and uh, it's going to need need a, play, a, P, a component or two replaced in order to straighten that out. And that's where it gets tricky. Sometimes that's difficult to see <clears throat> what exactly is bent. A very common repair when we... Uh, uh, when a car crashes into a curb like that uh, is that the actual steering knuckle itself 
has been bent, <clears throat> and the knuckle is the 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 on most cars it's a it's the piece between the strut and the lower ball joint, and the wheel bearing is installed in it. The drive axle goes through it, but that whole steering knuckle oftentimes gets bent, and and that's what we have to replace. Okay. So we have a phone call or two before we break. I think Maynard's calling in from Minneapolis. So first up here, Maynard, you're on CCO with Dan Burns. What's your question? Good morning. I'm going to be gone for about a month, and I have one car that will just be sitting in the garage. It's not heated. And I was wondering, is there anything I have to do to it or should do to it um, before I leave? You know, I just left my car uh, in Colorado for a month. Uh, I'm about a week into it. I was there last week. And uh, no, if Colorado for a month, uh, I'm about a week into it. I was there last week. And uh, no, if you have a good car and a good battery and uh, everything has been set, uh, I think that if you just leave it for a month, it'll be just fine. If it starts to get longer than that, then we would have to consider, you know, how's the battery going to be uh, when I get back. But I think for just a, a, a one-month uh, period of time, the battery should be fine if it's a strong battery. And uh, and I think you can take your trip and just leave it alone. All right. Very good. Thanks, Maynard. Have a good time. 651-461-9226. You want to call in your question, you want to text it, it's the same number. Uh, 651-461-9226. Mike is calling in from St. Paul this morning. Uh, Mike, you are on again, CCO, with Dan Burns. Morning, gentlemen. I've got a 2017 Ford Focus, and for a while, it, the temperature gauge has not risen above the one-quarter mark when it's heating up. I've got heat, but I'm wondering, if, does this sound like a thermostat issue? That that does sound like a thermostat issue. The, uh, you know, the, the gauge should be reading... Uh, higher than that and you say that you do have heat and of course if the engine temperature isn't getting uh, warm enough the heat will will not be the quality that it should be and so the fact that uh, that you're getting heat is a good thing but I wonder if it's real heat or is it just warm instead of hot like it used to be but at any rate the gauge should be reading higher than that on a cold day so uh, that would be the first place to start would be to replace the thermostat. Okay, very good. Tell you what, Dan, let's take a quick break here. Again, inviting our listeners to join in before it gets a little too late. Dan will uh, take his leave close to 745 this morning. So if you have any kind of a car uh, question, call it in, text it in, 651-461-9226. We'll be back with more Car Care Talk here on News Talk 830. This is WCCO. Good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here along with ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul. He is an ASC Certified Technician. And where are you guys located exactly on beautiful Grand Avenue? Well, thanks for asking, Denny. We are at 982 Grand Avenue, which is right between Lexington and Victoria in St. Paul. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or give us a call, 
1-800-227-8816. Very good, Dan. We'll uh, get you that phone number before Dan leaves us uh, this morning, which is uh, getting close to 745. So if you have a car care question, call it in or text it in at uh, the same number, 651-461-9226. Speaking of St. Paul, let's uh, head there on the phone. Diane is calling in from uh, St. Paul this morning. Diane, good morning. What's your question for Dan? Good morning, and I'm sorry it's such a simple question for him, but I I really need to know the answer. It's about my battery of a 2013 Nissan Versa with 33,000 miles. I bought a new battery in the winter of 2020. I was told I should drive. It's in a heated garage. I should drive it two days a week at least for 30 minutes. And I'm wondering, how fast should I drive it? I'm driving on little traveled streets to avoid speeders and avoid crashes and accidents and the carjackers. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, it's so basic. Yeah. No, those are good questions, actually. And what a world we live in. Isn't that uh, true? That is sad. Remember, Denny, we used to be able to just start our car and let it sit outside and it would be fine. Yeah. Uh, no longer. But at any rate, you're doing just fine. Uh, um, you know, highway driving is would be the best so that it uh, the engine is running at full RPM and uh, and it's being completely recharged. And uh, but what you're doing is absolutely just fine. It, really, all the car needs to do is be running at idle. The vehicle is capable of recharging the battery, uh, especially if you don't have all the headlights and all the accessories and everything else on, the, all the heated seats and the heated windows and all that sort of stuff. But uh, pretty much it's capable of recharging the battery uh, at idle. So I think that if you're uh, doing that, driving around just the way you are, uh, it's good for both you and your car. It's good for you to get out a little bit too. Uh, so keep doing that, and I think you'll be just fine. <laughs> like you said, what a world. All right, thank you very much, Diane, for the call. Well, let's check out some uh, text messages, Dan. Here's one. Is it is it a costly job to replace a CV joint? You know, um, we actually rarely replace or even service the CV joints anymore. If the CV joint has, if the boot has gotten torn and sand and debris has gotten in there, uh, it does have an effect on the joint. So most commonly what we do is replace the whole axle. And by my standards at least is, yes, that's a pretty uh, costly repair, oftentimes in the $500 range, something like that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, and, and uh, I don't know why you're having it replaced if it's making a clicking noise or if somebody told you that it was bad, that it was going bad, but uh, but uh, that's what you're looking at. Okay. Oh, here's one. This is interesting. My truck has been outside in frozen temps and won't start and unable to push into the garage. Could I use a small space heater under the engine to thaw in, uh, the area? Other ideas to, to warm up uh, the engine area? Any ideas? Yeah. Wait till tomorrow. What's it, what's it going to be, 35 or something? It'll be tomorrow? close to 30. Yeah, tomorrow will be your day, and no, uh, do not put anything underneath your vehicle. That we, We've seen it all, Denny. <clears throat> we've seen people trying to put barbecue. Charcoal briquettes. Their, yes. And all that, and, and to warm things up. And uh, 30 degrees is warm enough for any vehicle. Uh, you know, that, that's not 
a cold enough temperature that will have a, an effect on starting the vehicle if, if everything is working properly. But you need to start with a fully charged battery. So what you can do between today and tomorrow is bring your battery in, take it out of the car even would be best, warm it up, charge it up fully, and then put it back in the vehicle tomorrow afternoon when it's you know near 30 degrees, and that's the best chance you're going to have of getting it started. If it still won't start at 30 degrees, then you're going to have to get some help because there's also something else wrong with the vehicle. And uh, perhaps it's that you've been trying to start it and it's severely flooded or something like that. But but uh, if it won't start tomorrow at, at in the afternoon when it's around 30 and you have a fully charged battery, there's something else wrong. Okay. Boy, I haven't heard this in a while. Will Coca-Cola help clean corroding battery terminals? It will. Anything, uh, you know, there, there's a chemical reaction be- on the battery cables between... Uh, acid and alkaline and all that and uh, baking soda coca-cola any of those sorts of things uh, clean them off to be honest with you uh, hot water is as good as anything and a little bit of a little bit of scrubbing uh, does just fine too but uh, at the shop here we use a mixture of baking soda and water trouble with coca-cola is it's sticky and messy, and and, yeah. uh, and baking soda is not. Absolutely, yeah. Baking soda does a lot <laughs> does a lot of things, and it has for years. All right, Dan, uh, let's take a break here. We have more uh, more calls, more uh, text to to help out more folks at six five one four six one nine two two six. We're in the midst of CCO's Car Care Show with Dan Burns, Denny Long here. And your calls and texts and the weather straight ahead on News Talk 830 WCCO. Hey, good morning. Welcome back to CCO's Car Care Show. Denny Long here along with ASC Certified Technician Dan Burns from Lloyd's Automotive in St. Paul helping you out. Uh, Here's a text, Dan. It's a uh, 2018 Ford Escape squeaking rubber sound in the rear right when moving forward or backward. Texter says they can push the back end up and down, and hear it. What could that be? If they're hearing it, that's good news. Uh, that makes it for easy for us or them to find. What we do in a case like that is actually get somebody underneath the car and have somebody bounce, you know, bouncing it a little bit like that, and it helps you, first of all, hear where that squeaking noise is coming from, and then also... As you just place your finger on different components, uh, you know, the, the control arm bushings or the tie rod or, or the uh, ball joint. I can't Did you say front or rear? It was the rear. It's the so rear, not, yeah. the, not the tie rod or any of that. But, but uh, at any rate, uh, whatever's making the noise, if it's making a squeaking noise like that, oftentimes you can feel it. And uh, usually that's the best way to pinpoint where the noise is coming from exactly because it can be uh, very deceptive or, or, you know, very hard to find uh, just by listening to it. But usually if you just put your finger on it and touch it, uh, you'll tell where it's coming from. <clears throat> a common uh, spot for a noise in the rear is in the sway bar links. And uh, You'd need to know what that is, but but uh, it's a it's a link that goes between the strut and the sway bar, 
and it has little tiny ball joints in them, little uh, that that sometimes the grease all runs out of, they get rusty, and then they'll squeak. So mm, okay. the common place is the, is the uh, sway bar link, but the best thing to do is to try and feel where the noise is coming from, and, and that's how you'll identify it. Very good. This texter says, why does the key stick in the ignition, and then after a while it comes out? <laughs> well, you know, the, in a key cylinder, there are little springs for the uh for the uh um the can't think of the word right now but for the tumblers there we go um the uh there's little springs and and they're lubricated and in cold weather for example that loop or the grease will get kind of thick and uh, they, they won't move exactly right and if they won't come out or if they won't move properly then uh, then there's something going on if that's happening, <clears throat> I'd be a little bit concerned that uh, it's going to get stuck in there permanently because usually when that's happening, something is, is out of kilter. Maybe the spring is wearing out or the spring is out of position or something like that. Sometimes when you go to pull them out, they'll uh, get permanently lodged in the wrong position and you won't get the key out. So uh, I think if I were you, I would have that checked out um, now before it completely breaks because one thing that a locksmith can do <clears throat> right now is take it all apart and in a, in a very simple fashion maybe remove the one key or the one tumbler that's a problem uh, and put it all back together and it'll be just fine forever. So uh, have that fixed before it breaks. Okay. There's a 2018 F-150. After the first few thousand miles, the transmission would jerk when shifting. The garage reset the computer and has worked fine. Do you think it could happen again? Well, I, I, that's a common repair. The, Is it? You know, the, oh, okay. Yeah, that's a common repair where we reset everything. Actually, Denny, it's a common repair at your house when you reboot your computer. Oh, yes. And uh, it's not that there's anything wrong with it or that a new computer would solve your problem. It's just that for some reason it's not happy and needs to start over. And, uh, you know, the computers are so sophisticated, they sometimes get too many things going on, and the only way to put them back to neutral is to, is to turn them off and turn them back on. So uh, that's what they do. Common repair, we do it often, and uh, we have lasting re success with it. Very good. This uh, listener says, what will cause the remote starter not to work sometimes? A weak car battery, could it be? And the vehicle does start, though, when I go out and start it. Well, a lot of things will cause the remote part not to work. For example, on many GM cars I know, if the check engine light's on, or even if there's a code stored in the computer, uh, it will disable the remote start. And it does that for you know, safety purposes, but that's just an example of what can cause the remote not to work, but it might not have to do with the remote system at all uh, or the automatic start system. It might have something to do with the car that's disabling it for a reason. As one we've addressed before in past shows, uh, does uh, Lloyd's, you guys work on electric vehicles? We do, yeah. we've uh, They're starting to trickle in. You know, they're on a percentage basis. It's not very many yet because there just aren't that many on the road, and the ones on the road are pretty new. 
but uh, yeah, we have you know we've done some brake jobs and some suspension repairs and things like that on electric vehicles. You know, there's an awful lot about an electric vehicle that's the same as as an internal combustion engine vehicle. For example, the windows, the wipers, the you know the suspension, the brakes, the steering, all of that. It's all the same. Uh, it's just what's driving the vehicle, and uh, so there's an awful lot of it that we wouldn't know the difference. Uh, for example, Denny, I know that uh, within the past, I don't, maybe it's a, a month now, we did do a brake job on a Tesla, and the parts were readily ab- available in the aftermarket. There was nothing special about ordering the parts or anything, and and the actual repair was like any other car. So it it, it was very simple. Is the heating whole system in a, a in an electric vehicle totally different because you don't have those those types of fluids or or yeah, what? Right. Yeah, you don't have an engine to warm up and and you don't have a, a coolant and radiator uh, flowing yeah. through it. So it, yes, it's all done electrically, which or, or with elect you know the electric sure. with the batteries. And uh, that's one of the problems in our climate is that in cold weather, oftentimes the the distance you can travel is pretty pretty short because, uh, you know, your heated steering wheel and your heated seats and the heat in the car are all taking a lot of power, and, and that... Uh, Diminishes uh, the uh, batteries. Yeah, that's right. All right. We have to take a run at it here, but, uh, Dan, let's have another show next week. I think uh, your uh, pal Nick will be uh, helping us out, right? Nick will be helping you next week. Look forward to that. All right. Good deal. And, Dan, have a good time and uh, see you in a couple of weeks. Dan Burns, how do we get in touch with you guys at Lloyd's? Well, come on over. We are at 982 Grand Avenue in St. Paul, right between Lexington and Victoria. You can find us on the web at lloydsautomotive.net, L-L-O-Y-D-S, lloydsautomotive.net. Or uh, give us a call, 651-228-1316. Very good. Thanks so much, Dan. We'll uh, talk to you in a couple weeks and Nick uh, next week here on the show. Stay tuned uh, next for a wine chat with Jack Farrell and get those garden questions ready for 8 o'clock. Mary Meyer from the U of M will be helping you out here next on News Talk 830 WCCO.